Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Good morning. So today I'd like to start by telling you a little story. See, when I was younger, I wasn't your typical kid. Let's just say I was a interesting character, all right? So my friends had this sleepover and they started playing this make-believe game we like to call Kingdom. And this game was about living in this beautiful kingdom far, far away in a beautiful castle where they were the kings and the queens and the princesses. And um, the next sleepover we had, they invited me to play this game with them. And so they were arguing in the corner about who gets to be the princess, who gets to be the queen and whatnot. And while they're arguing, I looked at them and I was like, you know, I want to be the servant girl. And they looked at me like I was the strangest person alive, like legitimately, <laughs> which is a look that I get often. So it's okay. <laughs> but um, they looked at me and they were like, all right, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And I was like, cool. So we started playing and I made servant girl seem like it was the best thing in the world. Like it was even better than being a king or a queen or a princess. Cause I added all this drama and this flair and I made it so interesting. The next time we played, my friends were all arguing about who gets to be the servant girl. And I was like, um, that's my spot. Y'all can't have that, okay? <laughs> um, but why do I tell you this story? I tell you this story because today I wanna talk about a kingdom that we all get to be a part of. And that kingdom is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the best thing in the world. It's the best, most beautiful kingdom ever. It's a kingdom full of his love, his grace, his freedom, where we can just be us and just, it's amazing. God just accepts us for who we are. And, and that's the kingdom we all get to be um, a part of. And Jesus, when he came on earth, his sole mission was to advance his kingdom. See, he wanted us to be able to one day be with him in heaven. And he wanted us to experience his love and his grace and his freedom. So he came on earth to do just that. And um, now we are get to be a part of that because Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. And we preach the gospel so that we can advance the kingdom. And the kingdom is such an important topic. In the New Testament, it's mentioned 132 different times. That shows how significant this really is and how important it is for us to talk about it. So that's what I really want to talk about today. See, together we can advance the kingdom. And there's two points that I really want to push forward. The first one is that advancing the kingdom, it starts with you. It starts with you making the decision to forsake the world and to follow Jesus. And when you do that, there is a big celebration in heaven that occurs. See, Luke 15, 27 says, I'll tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. There's celebration in heaven that happens because now that's one extra soul that we get to add to the kingdom. That's one extra person that gets to experience God's love and his freedom. And that is an amazing gift that we all get to have. So it starts with you making that decision, but it also starts with you making the decision to participate, to take that attitude of saying, I want to help in advancing the kingdom. It's not, I have to, it's I want to. And it's an attitude that we take. See, friends, I want to really drive this forward. It's, it's not a feeling. A lot of times when we, when we think a bit of it as a feeling, we're waiting for that urge in our stomach that tells us, hey, you should talk to this person or you should talk to that person about Jesus. But when we just wait on that feeling, 
we're just waiting. And, and, and don't get me wrong, those feelings are great. We, we do need them, but we can't rely on them. It's about taking that attitude of, okay, I, I know that this is uh, something I need to do and I'm gonna go out and do it. I'm taking that responsibility myself. See, it starts with you, but it's not about you. It starts with you but it's not about you. It's about the people out there that need to hear the gospel, the people that are broken, who don't know that they need a savior, but once they have him as a savior, their life is transformed. It's about them. It's about advancing God's kingdom. And the second point I really wanna make is that together, um, we can advance the kingdom. It's a unified goal. It's something that we all have to do. It's something that we all need to participate in. See, there are people in your circle that you can reach that other people can't. So you might be somebody's best option at hearing the gospel, of hearing his message. So there's somebody out there waiting on your invitation. And I want you to do me a favor. Close your eyes. Think of that one person in your life who doesn't know Jesus, who has yet to hear that good news and, and accept them into their hearts. Think of that person, whether it's a friend, a coworker, a family member. Imagine if we all walked out of this room today and decided, I'm gonna share the message with that person. I'm gonna to talk to them about Jesus. And that person gets transformed from that conversation. And then they start sharing it with other people in their circles. And those people start sharing it with other people. I really do imagine and envision that we can turn Sin City into Grace City. And a place where Jesus' presence just dwells and his love is dwells. That is the goal, my friends. And that's what I really want to say. Together, we can advance the kingdom. That was so good. Now let me just like uh, set up my holy iPad here real quick. <laughs> okay, so together we can have a conversation. Now raise your hand if you've ever had a problem or a worry. A lot of us, awesome, great. Now don't answer this next question, but who do you go to with your problem or your worry? Do you have a trusted friend that you can talk to to vent or to get advice from? Or do you keep it all bottled up inside and just say, I'm fine? Have you ever taken your problems to God? Or do you wait till your problem is so bad that you need a miracle? I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of that. I've only found myself praying sometimes when things were really tough. But let me tell you but I, that I've come to know that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. This means pray first when everything is going good, when we want that promotion at work, when there's a division in our family, when you want the Golden Knights to win, or if you're Pastor Jeremy and you want the Bears to win. You see, God wants us to be in relationship with him. John 15, 5 says, God says to us, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, sometimes we let fear and anxiety and the enemy come to rob us of our time with God. And then we try and we go and fix our problems and our frustrations. But that doesn't always work out for us, does it? No. So, but we should be laying our problems and frustrations at the feet of God and say, God, I'm not gonna worry about this anymore because I know you've got it covered. But you see, 
God can't fix our situation without an invitation. We have to let him in and we have to tell him what's going on. (laughs) Some of you in this room have never prayed before. Some of you only pray in your thoughts. Some of you, you know, you just don't know even where to start. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that there's so, there's so much power in what we say out loud. Right. And if you're standing here thinking, I don't know how to pray, I'm going to give you two things that you can start doing today to implement into your prayer life. So write this down wherever you're writing notes. Pray, pray scripture, number one. In John 15, 7, God says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Carve out time in your schedule and get in your word and start to pray scripture. I'm going to give you an example. If you're struggling with finances and you're just wondering what you're going to eat until payday, like some of us know, then you can say, God, I believe that you will supply all of my needs according to your glorious riches that you said in Philippians 4.19. Number two is journal your prayers. Have a prayer journal where you can write out your prayers so that you can see what God has done in your life. You know, we can get inside of our heads and tell ourselves, that's not going to work out, or this is going to drain me, or I don't even want to bother with that over there. But God can show you that I've showed up here, and I've showed up here, and I've showed up here too. So don't forget that. And you know, if God can do it once, he can do it again. Amen? Amen. But also, we don't have to go through life alone. We were never meant to do life alone. So not only can we pray by ourselves, but we can get with our small group, we can get with our friends and our family, and we can pray together. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three gather in my name, I am with them. Prayer is a powerful thing, my friends. We see miracles happen through prayer. So come on, together we can have a conversation with God. So good, so, so good. Come on now. I want to tell you guys that together we can grow. Have you ever looked at the stars, the sky, the mountains, maybe even a whale, and thought, wow, (laughs) I'm small. I remember when I was in the fourth grade, I went to science camp in California. And I can't, yeah, thank you. I can't necessarily tell you I remember what I learned. But what I do remember is the feeling of being small. You see, growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to notice that we don't have too much greenery here. You know, we've got little cactus, you know, pine trees and imported palm trees. That's pretty much it. So when I went to California and saw the massive Sequoia Redwoods, I was like, whoa, I'm small. And you could have felt small too, standing under them. You see, today I want to talk to you about being a tree. Do me a favor, take a second, turn to your neighbor, and tell them, be a tree. Well, guys, like every good and sturdy tree, we have to do two things very, very well. We have to be planted, and we have to take root. So as we enter into the new year, we need to make some new different choices. We need to make some new decisions. The word decision in Latin literally means to cut off. So we need to cut off the opportunity to make any other choices in the new year. We need to decide to pray first. We need to decide to get into our words. We need to decide to get plugged in to a life-giving church. 
But let me ask you, what are some decisions that God is asking you to make today? Because I could go on, but it doesn't mean a thing if you do not take root. Colossians 2 verses 6 through 7 says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I think Paul is trying to tell us here in Colossians to be a tree. To be a tree. You see, we can't just be any tree though, guys. We need to be like the redwood tree. See, its roots are intertwined and connected so that they can share nourishment with other redwoods that aren't as close to the source. That's why joining groups and serving on the A-team is so important. It is so important. They provide for us the opportunity to support others and to get the support that we need as our roots grow deeper. What I'm telling you here, friends, is that we need to be rooted in our faith so that when storms, when floods, when earthquakes, when fires come, we remember, I can still stand. When the tough weeks come, when their health is not at its best, you can remember, I can still stand. But in order for us to be sturdy enough, we first need to grow enough to be rooted in our relationship with God and the promises in his ever-breathing and ever-living word. Can I get an amen? Amen. This leads me to my next main point for you today. Your growth happens when you seek the source. When you seek the source. You see, the book of John, when Jesus was in Samaria, he made two statements that I really want you to remember. John 4.13 says, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. And in 4.32 he says, I have the kind of food you know nothing about. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So I'm telling you guys, the menu of this world is full of things that will make us thirsty and hungry again. And here we see Jesus speaking about the only two things that can properly nourish our souls. So remember, as a tree, when we are nourished, we grow. You see, we drink by reading the word and growing in relationship with God. And we eat by making a difference and serving the unique gifts and capacities that he has given to us. We can grow in many ways, but hear me, friends. If we seek the source to fulfill, to fulfill our needs, we surround ourselves in the right community, then we will find ourselves in total abundance, in total abundance in every area that we seek to grow. So parents, seek the source for your households in 2019. Husbands, wives, seek the source for your marriage. Young people, seek the source for the purpose in your life. And you will never find yourself thirsty or hungry again because together we can be planted, we can take root, we can seek the source, and we can grow. Thank you. I have the smartest friends. Prettiest too. Together we can endure. Together, we can endure with the right, better together people. What does that mean? Better together people are people that make you better when you're together. That's it, simple. So my heart is to share with you the incredible journey of Job. See, here is a guy who had everything. He had it all. And then in the blink of an eye, he was dropped into this dynamic faith journey in which he loses everything. In the very first chapter of Job, it talks about how he loses all his livestock, all his crops, his 10 children die, his wife curses their God and leaves, not to mention his health, 
soars head to toes. His wealth is gone. This guy's got it bad. And um, just breaks my heart that he had to go through this. But we get a glimpse of what Job is feeling in this passage. It, Job chapter 6, verses 2 through 3, it says, If only my anguish could be weighed, and all my misery placed upon the scales, it would surely outweigh the sands of the seas. It's pretty powerful. Breaks my heart. But it doesn't stop there. Job goes on to say how he wishes he was never even born. That how could God make him for this life? He thought it was over. But God is better. So take a journey with me. What Job's life could have been like had he the right, better together people in his life. See, his wife, instead of leaving, stayed and was there to comfort Job in his depression, in his greatest time of need. She reminded him of the vision that God had for their life. And what about his friends, his so-called friends who thought that he was being punished by God because he must have done something wrong to receive all of this badness. But rather, they were there to shower mercy on him. They were there maybe to give him a portion of their land or tend to his dying land. They were there for him. And what about the other people in the city? The other people that he dealt with, the merchants, his neighbors, who else was in his life? That maybe they got together and set up a meal plan with them brought a meal to his home once a week. See, a meal may seem like nothing to the giver, but to the receiver who's going through the worst tragedy of their entire life, that means everything to that family, everything. And I believe that Job should have also gotten a dog because dogs make great, better together people too, don't they? See, rather than facing his demons alone, rather than experiencing a loss of hope, rather than facing what felt like an endless depression, he could have been encouraged. It could have felt like just a bad dream. See, what was years of suffering could have been better had he the right, better, together people in his life. And we've heard it said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That is because friends make or break you. Friends affect your faith. We need friends to remind us of our vision, to repaint it for us when we get lost, to encourage us, because together we can endure. Like in Job's case, God can cure what you have had to endure. In Job chapter 42, it says that the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. Goes on to say he had a lot of animals. I'm not going to read that. He also had seven sons and he had three daughters. And nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. Guys, that means that they were getting married and having babies real quick. They were growing that family. Their father granted them an inheritance. Well, that means his wealth was restored. There was an inheritance to be had. And after this, Job lived to 140 years. He saw his children and their children and their children. Basically, he lived to great-grandpa. And so Job died, but an old man and full of years, full of life. When he thought it was over, he had so much fullness still to have. So it ended well with Job, and I believe God and can, can and will bring an end to your situation too. I believe that he will work all things out for the good. But my challenge for you is what are you gonna do when you're going 
through it. So you may have no control over your situation, but you can take action on the people you choose to surround yourself with. Together, we can endure. And I wanna leave you with this last thought. See, we are better together, and I know who my better together people are, but who are your better together people? speaking with some great people today. So I'm a little old fashioned. I have pen and paper instead. So I'm going to just go ahead and get set up. All right. So the Christmas season has just passed by. And this is my favorite season. The birth of Jesus, joy, and the gifts. My favorite gift I ever received was the most high-tech gift of all time. You guys ready for it? A Nintendo DS Lite. No, not the Switch, not the XL, not the 3D, the OG Nintendo DS Lite. All December, I watch as presents were put under the tree, none the size of a DS. Christmas Day comes, and I open gift after gift until all that's left is a big, huge box. So I open that box, and inside of it was another box, and inside of it was another box, and another box, until finally I got to the size of a box for a Nintendo DS Lite. Sometimes your promise, your dreams, your goals are not packaged the way you envision them to be. It may not be the job you interviewed for that you thought was perfect, or the guy or the girl that you thought was the one, but that should not be a discouragement. Because just like my mom knew what she was doing when she wrapped my gift up like a Rushkin Martushka doll, God has wrapped or placed every event in your life on purpose for a purpose to fulfill your God-given dream. There's no better story to demonstrate this with than my favorite person and story in the Bible other than Jesus, Joseph. So it says in, Joseph was the youngest of 11 and highly favored by his father. Because of this, his brothers despised him and they had hatred in their hearts and were jealous towards him. God gave Joseph the gift of dream interpretation. In Genesis 37, five through eight, it said, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when my stock stood upright and your guys bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Do you really intend to rule over us? And they hated him all the more for what he had said. No brownie points there for Joseph's. Joseph's brothers had hatred in their hearts towards him. And as a result, they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. When defeat and betrayal comes, it would be much easier to throw in the towel and give up. But Joseph trusted God and he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. After being sold, Joseph was brought to Egypt to the Pharaoh's palace. He worked hard and it did not go unnoticed. He became one of the Pharaoh officials Potiphar's um, over his household. The Potiphar's wife wanted to be with Joseph, but when he refused, she accused him of sexual misconduct and he was thrown into prison. If Joseph hadn't have used his God-given gift and kept it to himself, he wouldn't be in prison right now. He wouldn't have been sold into slavery. He would still be with his family, but then he would have missed the miracle that God had in store for him. When life gets hard because of a choice you made, it is easy to look behind and imagine the alternative, but God never forgot Joseph and he will never forget you. In Genesis 28, 15, it says, I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. It says, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. God has so many promises waiting for you guys. While in prison, Joseph stayed faithful and used his gift to interpret his cellmate's dreams. One of them was released back to the Pharaoh's palace. And when the Pharaoh had a dream that no wise man, no magician in the entire land could interpret, the cellmate remembered Joseph. 
Joseph's interpretation ended up saving all of Egypt from a deadly famine because God used Joseph to help them prepare for it. Because of this, in Genesis 41, verse 41, it states, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him up in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and soldiers yelled before him, Make way. Thus he was put in charge of the whole land of Egypt. For seven years, Egypt stored grain, and when the famine came seven years later, they had enough grain to keep the entire land from starving. And none of this would have happened if Joseph wouldn't have been bold enough to use his gift. No matter how hard the trials, Joseph stayed true to God. And Genesis 42, 6, it says, Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all the people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their heads to the ground. Joseph's original dream came true. He just had to go through the process of his trials and victories to get it. Because no dream equals no slavery, equals no prison, equals no interpreted dream, equals a famine killing thousands, including his family. It's like Legos. Imagine you are building a big, strong tower. You have all sorts of pieces, big and small. These pieces represent moments in your life. The happy ones, the sad ones, the layoffs, the marriages, the breakups, the deaths, the disappointments, every single moment, even the ones you deem insignificant. Without each piece, there would be holes and breaks in the foundation, and that once strong tower is now a depleted building. You are a strong tower, and God is using every event in your life to form you into your purpose. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what is your dream, desire, or gift? God wants to give it to you. It just not maybe packaged the way you think. Together, we can dream again. Come on, we give him a standing ovation this morning. Come on, make some noise. Incredible. Incredible. Will you stay standing? I want to pray with you just a moment. But how many know that the Word of God is living? It's active. It's inspiring. And maybe out of these five messages, maybe one of them hit home for you today. And that's why I want to pray with you because here's, if you want to honor our communicators today, I know their hearts. We spent some time with them and all that. And I know their hearts. Their hearts is not for their glory, but to honor God. Right. And so I want to ask you today, will you allow God to do a work in your heart? Will you open your hearts today? And maybe one of these messages has really hit home for you. And you say, you know what? Today, I've decided to respond. So we bow our heads, close your eyes. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for their dedication. God, I thank you for their preparation, for their prayers. But maybe you're here today, and you're in this house today, and you're saying, man, that really hit home for me. Maybe it was about the kingdom of heaven. Maybe there's people near to you, but they're far from God. That today you've been inspired to reach out to them. You're inspired to say, you know what? I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to connect with them. Maybe you're here today, and you've really been inspired by prayer. And you're saying, man, I want to begin a conversation with a God that I know, a God I have relationship with. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what? It was 2018 was great. 
But 2019, I want to grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. I'm tired of playing around, but I've decided today to take a step. Maybe you're here today, and man, you really love the story of Job. That maybe you're in a trial and a hardship right now. You want to quit. You want to throw in that towel. But maybe you're saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going to come out of isolation. I've decided today I'm better together with the right people in my life. Maybe you're here today, and there's lots of different packages in your life. And maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe you're going, where is this? Where's the dreams and the desires? Where, where's the plan of God in my life? And God's saying, it's coming. It's on the way. There's a process to my promise. But we got to take that step. So with every head bowed, every eye closed today, and you're saying today on December 30th, I've decided to take a step. I've decided to leave my past behind. I've decided to move forward today. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray with me? We're going to pray together corporately. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call you forward or make you go to the sides or call you by name. I simply just want to pray with you today to say, hey, today's December 30th. Tomorrow's 31st, and boom, right into 2019. In 2019, it's going to be the year I seek God. 2019 is going to be the year I go after God. 2019 is going to be a year God's going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I asked for because I took a step. So if that is you today, say, Pastor, will you lead me in that prayer? Pastor, I'm ready to take a step today. Whatever head out of eye closed, just raise a hand, put it up, put it right back down. Put it up, put it right back down. Yes, over there. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Put it up, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to know who you are so we can pray with you today. Come on, somebody. It's a lot of hands. Let's all pray this out loud together. Because how many know we are better together? So every everybody, if I close, I want you to raise your voice. Every single person in this house, pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, today, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one with all my heart, the best way I know how. Say, I'm going to live for you. Say, today, I give you everything. And after today, I now know who I am. Come on, everybody. I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, everybody shout. You've got to praise. Come on. that prayer here here's our prayer for you please do not leave this building without getting connected because you can raise a hand up and when we walk out of here it could be a whole other ball game but how many know we're with you we're with you on this so if you raise your hand or maybe you prayed that prayer in your heart and you meant it i want you to text our number text hope to 702-727-8280 we'll text you right back with some steps to take maybe you have a connect card check mark right there it's a man i've committed my life to jesus we celebrate that. We celebrate the numbers, the attendance. We celebrate all those. But boy, do we celebrate when someone takes a step towards Jesus. So I want to encourage you. Check mark. It's rededicated. Put a prayer request on. We want to help you find your next step. So man, I'm so proud of our communicator. Can we give it up one more time? Man. Man. Just incredible. I want to echo my wife. I'm excited what God's going to do in this next generation. I'm excited what God's going to do through the local church. 
And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dismiss you. We have our prayer team on the side. They'd love to pray with you. We, you, you can feel, feel free to stay for one more song, but we dismiss you. Next week, we're, we're jumping into detox series. January 7th, we're going to be fasting and praying for 21 days. So we love you guys. Have a great day. See you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.